Welcome to the Fash Scoop, where we're serving the latest and greatest in fashion, beauty, and lifestyle. This is Eamon, the co-founder of Fash PR, and today I'll be your host. Today we're talking with Kalopsia, who is a model and multidisciplinary, and she's actually going to be talking to us about her journey into the world of modeling in the Canadian fashion industry and her experience behind the scenes. So, hello. Hi. How is it going? Pretty good. Happy to be here. Happy to be talking to you. We're excited to hear about you and your journey. So do you want to introduce yourself to our audience? So as you said, my name's Calopsia. I'm mostly active on Instagram. I've been modeling for, I think, about seven, eight years now. I feel like I've been saying seven years for a whole year. So it must be eight by now. (laughs) Um, I do a lot of different styles of modeling. I'll do almost anything that I've been approached about, obviously within reason. I do a lot of creative work outside of modeling. I like painting, I do digital art, I've dabbled in photography and writing. I really consider myself just jack of all trades, master of none, Um, but better still than a master of one. I think that's how it goes. (laughs) I think it is how it goes. Yeah. I, I just love doing everything. I think it's good to keep your skills up in as many areas as possible and keep learning things. So, Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, I'm definitely one of those people who's doing many, many things, <laughs> as we yep. know. Um, <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Did you, I guess, study fashion or go to school for it? How was your, I guess, educational process to get where you are? Um, actually, I never considered how that might tie into my modeling work, but I did technically learn um, about fashion history in high school. I took a class and we went really in depth about like the uh, uh, the deeper meaning behind clothes and like in in terms of because I went to school for, or because I did so much with art, you know, with color theory. So what different colors mean in terms of your clothing or where different styles originated from and, and stuff like that. But I, I never really consciously took that into my modeling with me. I think where I would say things kind of got started when I was like 13, I tried to get into acting. Um, I went to a few open calls for a few different agencies. And this is, this is a story that I don't tell that often actually. And um, they wanted they wanted to take me on, but they wanted to take me on for modeling and acting. And I remember being so scared. I was like, I can't do modeling. I'm too ugly. And I left. They wanted oh, to no. sign me. And I left because I was so insecure about my appearance at that age, which obviously doesn't make sense because if they wanted to sign me, clearly I was wrong. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what that means. Yes. <laughs> but I, I was so scared. I thought that I was so hideous and I couldn't possibly... So I, and I have no idea how that made sense in my head, but I, I just left. I gave up on my dream for years. I eventually wound up making a Model Mayhem account, but I never really checked on it because, and, and by that point I'd said I was probably about 16 mm-hmm. and it's scary. The internet is scary. Talking to strangers is scary. I would get, I didn't get that many messages because obviously I wasn't very active on there. I was just like, no, I don't know you. That's scary. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't like that. And then when I was 18, I'd been trying to find just a normal job for the last, I can't do math, two years. Um, From when I was 16, I'd been trying to find a job and I I couldn't, I couldn't find anything. Um, Even, I think I even applied at McDonald's and they would not take me because I had no work experience. Yeah, it was awful. That's true. It was, I, I had no experience because it was that really fun, infinite loop of no experience, can't get a job, can't get a job, no experience, et cetera, et cetera. So eventually I decided, you know what, I'm going to find my own path. So someone, uh, I believe it was ruled by the heart photography. His name is Ziv. He messaged me and reached out about a shoot. And this is, this is kind of the very ballsy part. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on this. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that's fine. um, And it was my first ever shoot was a nude shoot, a nude combination shoot. A lot of it was dance, so I'd be doing, I was doing body suits and stuff like that too. And it, it wasn't paid. And I just, for my first ever shoot, I walked out to this 
like terrifying warehouse district into this like kind of not really run down but you know when you're basically a teenager you looking it. yeah it honestly wasn't even that bad an area but like I hadn't been that many places I was a teenager oh, okay. I knew like the suburbs and kind of downtown and that mm. was so I, I was going there I was like where am I what is happening and it I, I got really lucky. He's an amazing photographer. He's shot a lot of models that I actually look up to, which is why I felt comfortable doing that. I do want to say that I did do my due diligence. I checked as much as possible to make sure that he was safe. And he, I was just going to say that's so important. Yeah, he, he had amazing work and he'd worked with models that I trusted. So before I even got into anything, because I've been considering it for so long and I've been looking up to these people for so long, I'd been talking to other models before I even got into the industry. So I knew which models I trusted, even the ones I hadn't talked to, like from their social media, the ones that seemed a little more open about things, who were talking a lot about women's rights and uh, sexual assault issues and stuff like that. I was like, these women probably wouldn't promote someone's work who they thought was problematic. So when I saw that he had worked with them, which is also, I am going to say, why it matters who you decide to post and promote on your social media. But when I saw that he had worked with them, I was like, okay, his work is really good. He has really good contacts who I trust, who I've spoken to before. Mm-hmm. I think that this will be okay. So I went and did my first shoot with him. I wound up doing two shoots with him total. And because there were such high quality shoots for my first shoot, it really rocketed me up in my career much faster than I think most other people did. So I got to a place where I could charge money almost instantly. Because oh, that's so good. Yeah, but it was also because, I mean, obviously his skills were amazing, but having only one... you did your research. Yeah, but only having one photo shoot under your belt still doesn't really sell you. But I have a background, even if we go even further back, in rhythmic gymnastics and dance, which I will tell everyone now, I cannot dance. Please do not ask me to dance. (laughs) Um, Good thing it's a podcast. (laughs) Yep, exactly. I I hide. I have gone to casting calls where they were like, can you dance? I was like, I can fake it, but no. (laughs) Um, But so I I had a unique set of skills that I brought to the table. And I made sure that I practiced for, I think, a week beforehand to make sure that I got some of those skills back. So it wasn't only his skills on display showing off how great that photo was. It was also, oh, for someone who's only doing their first shoot, she really knows what she's doing. I'd been, I'd also been practicing with shooting myself, doing self-portraits at home. So I, I knew what angles I was comfortable with. And from ballet, I knew how to move my hands to express different emotions. And a, a lot of these things are obviously things that did improve over time as well. But these were also little boosts that I got from my other backgrounds and that I kind of made sure to accentuate. I studied posing during that week before leading up to the shoot. I looked at other photos that I might want to recreate or that inspired me. I watched this one really specific video of, I think, Miss Marsh. It was a behind the scenes video of her posing. And in hindsight, it actually wasn't even that good, but it was (laughs) so inspiring to me at the time watching it and the music and everything it really got me in a mood and a mindset to kind of go and I felt creative and I felt inspired and I had all of these great ideas and I'd been practicing so I was physically in in the right condition to do it so it it just both my own hard work but also a lot of luck went into me going ahead with my first shoot and I think that's amazing because you know I think for models in the industry especially in the beginning it's kind of like, who do we trust? There are so many people out there asking you for collaborations. And the fact that you did your research is such a big like, step in the right direction because sometimes there are people out there who are not trustworthy. And if you don't do your research, it could be dangerous and not worth your time, to be honest. I think it's really scary and intimidating for a lot of models to kind of reach out, especially if you don't have very much experience in the field, how many models are going to give you the time of day to like kind of give you those reviews and give you feedback and and advice. And I I understand that because I have had situations where I was kind of like, I I can't put myself out there to like mentor all of these different people. It's, It's hard. It puts a lot on people, especially the really popular models. But there were a few who who put themselves out there and said that they were available for these kinds of things who already had like, um, Bont was one of the big ones. She has a whole, or at, at the time, this was almost a decade ago now, I guess, but she had a whole already written up 
email that she could just send out to anyone who said that they wanted to know like what she what she would think of these things and it was pre-written all of her advice everything she'd learned um stuff like that all in just one giant uh little i don't know info packet thing that she just kind of if anyone needs information if anyone's thinking of getting into the industry if anyone is trying to get ahead here's all of my advice in one neat little package for free if anyone needs it I, I don't want to tell anyone that she's still doing that because I, I really haven't kept up that well with her. Mm. But there were, I, I was very fortunate. I don't know if it was the timing that I was getting into it. And I mean, even still, I'd say that most of the models I know are very supportive and open about things, but that they were so prepared and willing to put themselves out there for people that were new. It was, yeah, a really good community and really helpful. Yeah, that's great to hear. I think nowadays, like, it's like the Facebook groups and Instagram where people connect yeah. a lot more. And I think, you know, I know there's a lot of like Facebook groups that, you know, call for models or photographers or have like those connecting groups. And sometimes it's good to even ask on there, just post and be like, Hey, this is someone who I'm possibly working with. Has anyone else worked with them? Um, what was your experience like? Because at the end of the day, you know, you're going to have to meet that person and do your shoot with them so you should double check the references and especially if you don't also, follow models in the industry or are very new and you know don't already know who you could ask like you could just go into those groups and kind of ask and also I think maybe signing like a contract is something very important for new models like even if yeah. it's just a very small kind of like hey this is what we've agreed to and this is what we're gonna get out of it because sometimes I've seen a lot where they, you know, agree to the stuff and then at the end of the day, they don't get the pictures that they want yeah. or they don't get the credit that's yeah. due to them. I'd also say, and I mean, like, I, I can give you guys some resources at the end of this, but I would say that because it can be hard to find those resources, if you or someone that you know can't find those Facebook groups or those Instagram groups, and I know that even if we list things in this, there's a good chance that you will forget or you won't save this uh, podcast or anything. But you can always still go to that photographer's page, assuming that they have some kind of social media, assuming that they tagged the models. And while that can be a big assumption, if they didn't tag the models, they're probably not great. Red um, flag. So if they tag the models, don't be scared to, and I use this word very hesitantly, but it is the commonly used term for it, to stalk the model you find if you find that she's tagged on this photographer's page you're not sure if you can trust him go to his page if she go oh, sorry go to her page and if she seems trustworthy maybe shoot her a message especially if they have a smaller following they're pretty likely to respond and if they seem like a trustworthy person you can try that with like maybe a handful of their models and if they all seem to be saying a similar thing odds are that's true and they're probably a pretty safe contact yeah. so that's just from the source as opposed to trying to spread out from there, because I, I know it can be really hard to find those initial resources at the beginning. Yeah, and even like makeup artist or hairstylist, if the photographer yes. has tagged anyone in the team, I think it's fair that to say that you can message those people because they have a social media account for collaboration. So why not message them and ask them about this photographer and maybe in the future, they'll become a connection for you as well, right? This is gonna sound honestly a little bit exploitative, but if you have a makeup artist on set, they are your best resource. I have never met a makeup artist who wasn't totally there for the model. And I mean, obviously that's a gross generalization, but usually they're very nice. Usually they're other women and they're usually other women who didn't go into modeling for one reason or another. And a large part of that is because they understand what the industry is like. They're, don't expect them to like throw themselves in between you and a dangerous photographer. But if you don't feel safe, get a makeup artist on set. If he's making you uncomfortable, say that you need to go get a touch-up and maybe run off and, and talk to them. And if you need to get out of there, most of the time, they will do their best to help you get out of there. If it's an actively dangerous situation, obviously, there's probably not that much they can do. And at that point, you're probably in pretty big trouble. But if it's just, he's just maybe crossing a line, maybe saying something that makes you uncomfortable, asking you to do things that you aren't okay with, the makeup artist at the very least will be very comforting to have there and I would strongly recommend that if you're just starting out if possible try to have a makeup artist on set 
at least if you can't have like an escort whether it's a family member or a friend or a significant other some photographers are real jerks about it which i would also say is a red flag but i also know it's extremely common with professionals in the industry but they're not going to say no to a makeup artist and most makeup artists are great at trying to take care of their models yeah i agree so we've talked about so much about how to kind of you know get your foot in the door. So for you, what different types of modeling have you done in your many years of experience? Um, well, so that was, like I said, I started out with nude work, which obviously kind of led into lingerie. It was a logical jump from one to the other. Um, and then the one of the big steps for me is I got in touch with uh, the organization Fashion at Toronto through a designer who and this is, this is the interesting thing is most people, you know, go to fashion show open calls and they get booked through, you know, Fashion Art Toronto has an open call. Um, Mass Exodus has an open call for Ryerson. Um, Startup Fashion Week has an open call. Yep. Startup Fashion Week has an open call. Um, I'm trying to think, I think of the most other, of like, the, most of the big named kind of fashion weeks we've had in Toronto, almost all of them have had some sort of open yeah. call. Exactly. So the interesting thing is, I think I had done Mass Exodus before. I don't remember if it was just because I knew them or not. And I've done like a handful of fashion shows just because I happen to have a, a, like one connection or something here and there. But none of them were very big. None of them were wound up being great contacts. It was just kind of a one-off. I wanted it on my resume. So I, I would do these smaller shows. So Etiquette Latex had reached out to me and this was really big because I had reached out to a handful of designers in Toronto and no one ever got back to me. I don't think I'd reached out to Etiquette actually. Um, they were too successful. I mean, they've, I don't remember if they had at the time, but they've worked with Kylie Jenner. Like they're huge. I would never have reached out to them. I was terrified. I don't have that much fashion work under my belt at that time. So they reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to work with, for them for Fashion Art Toronto. And I mean, obviously I said yes. And from there, Fashion Art Toronto wound up being a great stepping stone. I think that's how I met you originally, or did I? Yeah, I, yeah, I think I did meet you originally at Fashion Art Toronto. And then later we ended up kind of seeing each other at Star of Fashion Week yeah. and like all of the other shows kind of followed. Yeah, I kind of followed you around because you started doing all of these big things. <laughs> I'm going to go with her, she's yeah. doing great. Um, but yeah, so I wound up getting amazing connections from there because it's a whole fashion week, right? So there's so many new people for you to network with, so many new friends. And I, again, I, I want to make it very clear that as much as I do say that I put in effort, I think a lot of this industry is luck. So I want to be very clear that I do think I also got very lucky in that the person who runs fashion at Toronto, Vanya, took a liking to me and she helped me to get connections she put me in the campaign um and that was a little more recent but all of these things helped me to branch out and to build up my fashion book because otherwise i was getting only fashion work from like just the very odd one-off person who happens to find my profile um, I did a lot of work with students, which I would also recommend. They're a great resource. They do amazing work and they will never charge you money. Like they don't pay. Obviously they are very poor. They are students. Please don't ask them to pay you. <laughs> like they'll, if they can, they'll do their best to try and compensate you in some way. But a lot of the time they can't afford to, but they do fantastic work, especially if you like, you know, make sure that they, their pictures are something that you actually want in your portfolio but they're usually very flexible. They're very open to suggestion. They're very creative and they want to do fun and interesting work. And they will listen to criticism if like they send you a photo where your whole face is blurred off and you tell them, hey, that's not good. I don't like it. And also you're not going to book anything when you're out of school with that. They will listen to you and they will fix the photo and they will give it back to you improved. They are a great resource to build your book. But that being said, having almost all of my fashion work be primarily from students isn't great it doesn't look very good if anyone looks into it um so this helped me to build up a more legitimate network within the fashion industry which was fantastic for me and from there it was really interesting because i i started to meet more and more people 
uh, one of the bands that wound up being really helpful for me, and I, I don't want to say I underestimated them, but I didn't realize how helpful they were going to be at the time. The photos were amazing, but I worked with the band Wavy Baby a couple of times, and super nice team, really great photos, had a lot of fun, very creative concepts, and I loved working with them, but I kind of just wrote it off as like, yeah, good opportunity, cool photos, cool people, whatever, not a big deal. Literal years later, they started getting me other commercial jobs. Uh, and it was, it was very strange because I, I got an offer for one. I was like, how did these people find me? And I talked to them. I was like, oh, yeah, it was, it was from this shoot. We know the guy who worked on it. And it turned out that they were actually very well connected. And I was like, oh, okay. And that was, I hadn't kept up talking to them. We weren't like particularly close friends. I supported them. I did love their band, but it wasn't like they had any reason to go out of their way to promote me, but they genuinely liked me. They genuinely thought that I was good at my job. So when an opportunity came up, even though it was years down the road and we hadn't talked in a super long time, they went, she would be great. And that was, that was incredible to me. I, I have rarely been so flattered where I was like, you remembered me almost three years later. We haven't worked together and we're not like best friends or anything like that. It was a really good opportunity. And then other than that, I, I think I did respond to a few casting calls. Most of the time you don't get much. Oh, one of the other big things is I was signed to an agency for a very short amount of time. I don't give them a lot of credit because they got me one job and repeatedly refused offers where I would have to change my appearance in order to get paid, despite the fact that they only got me one job. So when another professional was telling you that, hey, if you change her appearance, she'd probably get more work. And they went, nope, she needs to be a cute little Asian. So. Yeah, and at least they should have asked you because I think there are some models who are not open to changing their hair color, cutting their hair, whatever it is, but some are very open to it. It wasn't even that. I told them that I would love that. Oh. <laughs> I went to the casting. It was, it was a hair show. And I went to the casting and I was like, I'm very open to you changing my hair. I'm so bored with it. I want change. You can do whatever you want. So they were like, yeah, that's fantastic. We love you. It was like $500 for the the opportunity I was like that's way more money than I'd gotten paid for anything at the time and um so they got in contact with my agent and my agent said no absolutely not you can't change your hair it needs why? To be and dark <laughs> and this is yeah this is you the know funny thing too. it's like they, these agencies do have these sometimes I've heard a lot of feedback from models that say that they have these boxes and they just want the model to fit into that box they don't want to yeah. let them kind of step out of it and obviously this is not of all agencies, but you know, for a, a model like yourself and many others who are a little bit more creative and open to doing those certain changes, it could be hard, right? I think that's a good way to put it is boxes. Because I, I, I run into the idea of like stereotypical, like, you know, that kind of blonde hair, blue eyed beauty. I'm like, that's not necessarily the issue. The issue is yeah. a certain type of attractive. Like one of the big things that got popular over the last few years for black models was dark skin, no hair, like buzz cut and curves. So then the only models that they would book would be black models who look like that. Who fit the box, exactly. A lot of black models have gotten shoved into that box. If you didn't fit that box, like, I mean, there's always a box for light skin black models. I really am not the expert to go into that. But if you didn't, like that is a very specific new box that has been created that they specifically want models who look like that. And for me the box that they tried to shove me into as an Asian model and this this came up the reason that I, I believe this so strongly is not just the hair opportunity that they turned down because they wanted me to have long dark hair it was that they sent me a casting where they went and I think they did this more than once so do you speak Japanese and I had to be oh no I am not Japanese <laughs> and they wanted to send me to a car show because Asian girls go at car shows, oh, Asian no. girls are kawaii peace signs, <sighs> and Asian girls have long, dark hair, and that was what they wanted. Oh, and pale skin, that was another issue for them. I did not get nearly as many messages from them during the summer. So they booked me one job, and I didn't form a whole ton of connections from that, but I formed you know, I, I got an opportunity on a fairly major music video set, and that was very cool to learn about. But also I learned that, hey, doesn't matter how high up in the industry you go, it's still very disorganized and 
very bad. It was severely underpaid. I definitely agree. And I think like keeping connections and just giving a good impression is very important because I feel like a lot of people think that in that industry, like you can be catty and cut bridges and all of that stuff. But I always tell people the industry is a lot smaller than you think and word gets around. And if you're a nice person and you, you know, make genuine connections with people, even if you don't follow up with them, like you didn't follow up with that brand, but they still thought of you. Like even for me, like I get people who reach out to me all the time who are like, Hey, I'm looking for a model. Um, I'm looking for this style of model for like a video or something. Right. And I automatically think, okay, who have I worked with in the past? Who do I know? And if that model has a, you know, good personality are they a nice person like are they dedicated to their work I will recommend them because I don't want to be recommending models that are catty or don't like to you know kind of put in the effort because that looks bad on me as someone in the industry who people trust to recommend models just like you said going and asking about photographers when people ask me about photographers or makeup artists I always try to you know even if they haven't kind of like I'm not in touch with them, I still will remember them because they did a good job at the end of the day. Your reputation is important. And that doesn't just mean having a pretty face and being able to pose half decent. I, I also I did um, a bunch of group shoots when I was first starting out to try and get some more fashion work. And one of the, okay, first of all, I met Ashley Hazard, who went on to start uh, Skin Magazine. She is super successful. She's an amazing woman. She's super sweet. She's, I, she is super sweet, but I'm honestly just so blown away by how impressive she is. Like, she's done so many fantastic things that I admire. And then I also worked with another girl who went on to have a role in The 100 and moved out to oh, LA. And it's, yeah, and these are people who... Again, I wasn't super close to, but we got along well. And years down the road, we would still be able to get in touch and occasionally just chat. When I went to LA, I wound up meeting up with her. Her name's Melinda. And she's she's great. But it's it's those kinds of connections that, I mean, even if they don't always turn into jobs, it's, it's having, like, a, a good reputation among people, being well-liked. And that is, again somewhere where I lucked out because I'm very charismatic and it's very unfortunate because being an introvert really in every field is a disadvantage. And I mean, like introverts are great, but if you don't make an impact and you aren't remembered and people don't, you know, oh, well, she was really fun to hang out with. She was, had all these great ideas. She was loud, she drew attention. It's hard to make that impact that you need to, to be remembered years down the road, which is, so unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally understand that because I am not an introvert. I am an extrovert. I am super extroverted and I know my presence and I know how to like, you know, kind of make those connections. And I've met a lot of models who are very shy because they're new. And I've even met introverted models who have been in magazines and runways. And the thing is, I think we all understand that now there are different types of obviously people and as long as they, you know, are genuine and do their job, I think it's still okay because I know it might be harder for them, like you say, to kind of be the one who's making all the suggestions and being extroverted, but even just following the rules and being someone who's just polite and being around them is nice. It still makes them rememberable because I mean, when you see the photos, you can't tell if they're introverted or extroverted, right? Um, So that's kind of a plus point for the models. But since we're talking about kind of, you know, different kind of viewpoints, what do you think are some common misconceptions about models? Maybe your top two and can you debunk them? Um, I don't have like sources to debunk anything but I definitely think and we already kind of touched on this the idea that models are not intelligent or that they're catty and it's all drama absolutely the complete opposite of my experience so many models are like super educated it's crazy so smart and I do say they because as much as I don't think that I'm dumb wow I'm blown away every time like so many models I know are so intelligent. I know mo- models who are in the middle of getting their masters, their PhDs, who are very yeah. well studied. I know models who are doctors. Ian, who is a dentist, 
yes. and a photographer and a model and is amazing at everything. We hate him. With <laughs> loving, yeah, he does loving, everything amazingly, but hatred. so many models are like, <laughs> you say, multitaskers. They do so many yeah. different things. It's, I think a big part of it is you have to have the creativity in order to be a unique and interesting poser. Poser sounds bad, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but on top of that, in order to form the connections and all that, intelligence really helps with charisma. And it just, I think in, in any field where networking is as important as it is in the fashion industry, in the modeling industry, in a lot of industries, but you know, especially when you're freelancing, intelligence and friendliness are huge factors. And I constantly refer to my modeling friends as like my family, my fashion family, my modeling family, even like, don't get me wrong, there are models that I am not super fond of, but they're still a part of the family. They would not hurt me. I mean, like there's maybe two or three models that I have ever come across that I think were actually like a problem and were sort of fell into the category of more caddy models but like three it's not as common as people think yeah three models over seven eight years is an incredibly low number yeah i'm thinking as well like i mean we've been in the industry for approximately the same time and i definitely don't think like there yes maybe i've had more experience with more models because i work behind the scenes and i'm the one who's yeah like casting the models um so i've had my fair share but i wouldn't say that they're like even 50 even like you know half of the models i met i wouldn't say are catty or anything so there is definitely this like negative kind of image of oh they must be like stuck up and catty and all that because they're in the industry like there's slightly more who are a little more diva like they're a little more demanding but they're still friendly people they're still very smart and even then like the ones who are a little more demanding are still in the minority a little more than the cattier mean ones but still not yeah. even that many just a handful yeah i i have so much love and admiration for the models and people in general that i've met through this industry i don't think it's caddy at all and i do think that might be different you know maybe in the upper echelons like maybe if you get into vogue everyone starts being a bitch but <laughs> you know I definitely at the level that I'm at and all of the levels prior to this, everyone has been super nice. And I've met, I've met people who, you know, are considered supermodels and they were still just absolute sweethearts. Yeah, that's true. I have as well. That's a very good point. They're super nice. So would you say there are any resources? I know you kind of mentioned it in the beginning, but you want to mention any of the resources that have really helped you on your path? Um, Definitely. And this is definitely, also one that I, I think I found only over the last, or I, I'd say the later half of my career, because I don't think it existed before that, but the Ontario Model and Photographer Group is incredible. And, and a that's on Facebook? That, yes, that is on Facebook. And I, I mean, that is local. So if you're listening from a little further away, I, I suppose that isn't as helpful for you. But if you do travel down here, especially like Toronto area, I know a lot of people come down here for work. Um, it's a great resource. And a big part of that, that I, I would give credit to is the admin team. Um, there's tons of modeling groups on the internet in general, and I haven't found any that are as, I suppose, healthy as the Ontario group, or that specific Ontario group, I should say. I'm in a few other like Toronto groups and stuff like that, and none of them are as well run, as well moderated. Um, it's It's a much healthier community, especially because and I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but it's not only very new people or people pretending to have a ton of experience. There's tons of different skill levels in there. Because um, I think what happens in a lot of those groups is because professionals, I guess a lot of them don't particularly cast that often from Facebook. Um, a lot of those groups tend to get overrun by newer amateur photographers and while that's fine and I support those people and I think that they should be getting models from those groups it can be a little exhausting as a more experienced model to go through a group and only see people that would not contribute to your portfolio who also cannot afford to pay so yeah, it can I get really, frustrating 
yeah and that's nothing against them it's not their fault and i think it's it's still a great resource for them in those other groups but at my level it's nice to have a group where there are people who are much higher up in the industry and people just starting out and people in the middle and it's also very friendly there's a good environment in there there's not a lot a lot of yelling because again as i say that most of the industry is very healthy and very friendly i think the internet just sometimes brings out the worst in people yeah so, you you can't really tell because you're not there in person especially now with like the whole covid situation like you know doing social distance shoots and all that you don't yeah. you're not meeting them like how you would like at a networking event or at a fashion show or an editorial shoot it's a little different so obviously we have to be more careful and the internet has many many different types of people yeah i'd also say that i i do think model mayhem is good but only because i still do nude work i don't think it's good for fashion work i think it's good for if you want to maybe research some fashion photographers on there but most people don't update their model mayhem very often um a lot of the people on there are very sketchy and again like i take a lot of precautions which is why i'm not horribly put off by that but i do think it's something you have to be very careful with i think it's fine for starting out but like very much a iffy place if you are comfortable doing stuff that's a little bit closer to that line that might be a good resource for you but if you want to do fashion stuff i would honestly tell you to just email and message people individually don't use model mayhem don't use any of the sites that are like that honestly they tend to attract people who are who are looking for people who might be desperate to get into the industry yeah that's always kind of not the way you want to start off but um is there anything that you kind of wish you had known when you had started out in the industry um I mean again I got off on a very yeah, good foot. um but I think in terms of just advice I'd give to people like knowing how to do as many things as possible is a benefit there's a reason that so many models are multidisciplinary artists um I studied like I I did photography courses I did photoshop courses I studied lighting in paintings and in photographs I learned how to do makeup through multiple different YouTube artists and practicing on myself so that I was very aware of my own face. I had practiced posing in the mirror. I studied different fashion styles and kept up to date with different bloggers and Instagrams and stuff like that to make sure that I I had a diverse range of styling options. You want to be able to provide as many things as possible to a shoot because that increases your value. if you can do all of these things that's less people that they have to hire and while yeah it would be great if they could just hire everyone most people let's be honest creatives are not known for having money we are known for being very poor and as much as we might try to invest in our craft especially at the beginning there are going to be a lot of people who will be much better served by someone who knows how to do these things it's also good because it means that you're aware of those things for example i'm not always happy with how makeup artists do my makeup especially as an asian my eye shape is a little bit different than the eye shape that they're used to knowing what works for my own face especially if i have to provide it for myself means i tend to be a lot happier with my photos if i do it or if or i or you can give them, them tips yeah exactly or if i give the makeup artist advice or just kind of a, a leading direction but i'd also say that something that i see very often in the industry is models who make it totally about their happiness with the finished product and that's something that i think is very important and as much as modeling has helped to boost my self confidence i was not totally secure and confident in my appearance when i started out you need to have a lot of flexibility you need to be willing to be versatile it's not about you most of the time i think that's very true because um sorry to interrupt but like sometimes with new models as well you think you look good in a certain like oh my left side is my good side yeah we get it but you have to understand that the photographer is also a professional or knows what they're doing and knows their angles and what you know has a vision so you should also trust them and even if models can't you know be 
interested in all of these different things like you mentioned I think something that always helps is sometimes just going on Pinterest creating a board of the kind of vibe which some photographers already do but as a model you can look up kind of poses like the easiest most free way to do it look up YouTube videos look it up on Pinterest maybe have it on your phone so that when you're you know shooting you can kind of refer to those because it might be overwhelming for them in the beginning like oh my god what do I do but like you said it's always nice to kind of as you grow as a model expand um, your knowledge on the different things that you can do it's also I feel like it's one of those things and I, I think this is a more relatable experience for people who haven't quite broken into the industry yet you might take a bunch of selfies or photos with your friends and there will be all of these photos that you think are terrible and your friends keep going I love how you look in that one that is what modeling is like you might hate the finished product. You yeah. look like trash. You're super insecure about this one little bend in your body and the way that it looks. And you've focused on it since you were a kid and you hate it. You hate it so much. And everyone else that looks at the photo doesn't even remotely see what you're seeing. They keep telling you it's beautiful. It is one of their favorite photos that you've ever done. It's not just your opinion. <laughs> and more than anything, your opinion is heavily biased. You might not even be right. So Very just true. trust the people around you. And don't get me wrong, sometimes it, they are just trash photos. But <laughs> Most likely it's not. Yes. But <laughs> it's also, you know, and again, another more relatable example of this is photos that you expect to do really well on Instagram, just bomb. No oh one likes God, them. Yes. Garbage. And then you post this one that you're like, okay, well, I'm running out of content. So like, I guess I'll post this because I really need some serotonin. Someone please give me attention. And wow, all of the likes just flood in. This photo that you were going to delete, everyone absolutely adores. It's just... A different perspective. Yeah, it's different perspectives. And also, not everyone is in the industry. So if it's something that you didn't really like the styling, the average person doesn't think that much about their styling. Or so, they don't even know that much. Exactly. They're not going to know. They just think you look nice. So if there's like one small aspect that you're hyper-focusing on, or even just the entire image, don't worry about it. Move on to the next shoot. You might be happier with their, their photos. And don't be afraid to post the ones that you aren't super happy with because you might be surprised. Yeah, I think that's some great advice. So now we're moving on to our little uh, fun section, our true and false. <laughs> so I have one to start us off with. So true or false, you always get paid as a model. <laughs> we <laughs> already kind of talked is, about this, but... Yes, so this is audio, but I just feel the need to let everyone know that I just doubled over in silent laughter because absolutely <laughs> not. Um, I get paid a very small percentage of the time. I genuinely do do this out of a love of the craft and, you know, my ego needs it. Um, I love creating. I love making art. I love being a part of something beautiful. I love getting attention. I love all of the privileges that this lifestyle affords me. I, there's so many other things that come along with modeling that I love about modeling. And don't get me wrong. I want money. You should be paying me for my time. But I don't think that I would have lasted this long in this industry if I didn't also just genuinely love it because, honey, I could not eat on the amount of money that I make. <laughs> if, if we count, like, I'd say maybe one in 10 shoots, I, I get paid. It's not very frequent. And you better hope that you're getting paid well for the few that you do get paid. <laughs> yeah, unless you're, like, working with a good agency and you're doing commercial work or advertising or something more yes. frequent, then you're more likely to be paid more. But for those starting out who don't have an agency or are freelancing, you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a harder start. That's actually something I really want to emphasize. Um, first of all, in the beginning, don't expect to get paid. Don't be entitled. Everyone goes through an unpaid internship. Everyone goes to school for their things. Everyone earns their place in every industry in this world. But even beyond that, some, a huge misconception that I see all the time is you often won't get paid for editorials. You often won't get paid for runway. And this is true at almost every level, unless you're like, you know, Kendall Jenner and simply having your face somewhere is worth a million dollars. Most people 
don't get paid that well. <laughs> um, like the, the jobs that pay are not the exciting, fun, beautiful, flowing, glamorous shoots. They are the Sears catalog. They are smiling for Colgate. They are literally just your hands. Your face isn't even in the picture of this <laughs> jar of Tabasco sauce. That is very true. Hand models wouldn't look. Commercial modeling is where it's at. If you want the finances, I'm sorry, the, <laughs> it's not as glamorous, but you will have the money to make your life glamorous. The, the ones that are so much fun and that people really look forward to about modeling, those are usually very minimally paid. Yeah. So our next true or false, um, true or false, models don't eat anything so this is actually complicated yes a lot of models eat a lot if you i think everyone knows someone like this your skinny friend oh that's me mountain i'm not a model but that is me (laughs) me too skinny girls who are naturally skinny actually skinny boys too skinny everybody it's people with fast metabolisms we eat a lot we eat and really just horrifying amount of food. Yes, but I agree. there are models who are not naturally skinny. And this is something that I feel like the industry likes to gloss over now that we're pretending to be healthy and yeah. progressive. There are still models who starve themselves or who have to work out like crazy in order to keep a certain body type. There's also models who, you know, maybe are sort of a more healthy body type, but there are agencies who starve them. And this is something that I think gets left under the bus a lot. Agencies will send a model to China and wow, that's glamorous. You're getting sent to China to go model. You're international. You have to be so careful. They won't give you a food budget. If you don't get a job, you don't eat. If you don't get a job, you are sleeping on the floor. I've heard so much about models I have personally known, like friends who have went modeling overseas and just things that they didn't you know think about because they were so caught up in the fact that oh my god like I'm going overseas to model they don't provide that much they put a roof over your head they give you like maybe enough that you don't die and then good (laughs) luck like I there was one specific agency and I won't name names but I went in there and I've always been tiny um when I was younger, I was actually considered more underweight. So if you go and look at my page and look at what I look like now, I was skinnier than this. Oh, wow. I was medically considered underweight. And again, I was healthy. This is just my body type. But I went into an agency and they told me to come back when I lost the baby fat. What? This is the same agency that I later heard sent models to different countries without a food budget. And they were just sent there to starve and to work and to make their money. And then eventually they'd come back and, you know, hopefully they can eat here. That's not uncommon in the industry. It's becoming a little bit less common um, as people become more aware of things, as people just in general, just shame agencies for their body choices in models. Because Yeah, I think that's a lot more models are aware of that now. Yeah, but it's, it's a risk that specifically the international issue is one that I feel like doesn't get touched on enough. People are just like, oh, well, they develop eating disorders because of the pressure on them. I'm like, some of them don't. Some of them are perfectly confident young women who get sent to these countries and forced into starvation and poverty. And that's not on them. Not that you should victim blame in the first place, but some of these people are perfectly mentally stable. They don't have any insecurities about these things. It's not that the industry is being so hard on them. It is fully grown people at the tops of these agencies make the conscious choice to put these women in this decision in this sorry position where they they don't have a choice they do not have food yeah this is definitely something that's not always talked about a lot and like i only knew because i personally knew models in the industry who the only reason i knew too yeah, but, yeah. you know, sometimes for new models, like, I know I did have someone who reached out to me and asked me about this because she had never heard about it, and she had just signed with an agency who was planning on selling her abroad, and it was a great agency. She had a great experience, um, but she also had come across other agencies who were not so great and also kind of sketchy sometimes. I'll also say that on the same track of being sent somewhere and being basically completely reliant on your agency... Model houses aren't always safe. 
And I don't mean the fact that they tend to not be particularly expensive houses that are not particularly well taken care of. I mean, I know friends who have been put in co-ed model houses where they've been assaulted because there's no protection there. Yeah, they you don't have to be so careful. You. And your sexual health is not their priority, whereas your appearance is kind of their priority. If you starve a little bit too much and you look a little too skeletal, they might, they might affect their bottom line. But if you get assaulted, that doesn't really matter to them, especially if it's by another model. If it's by another photographer, they could look bad because they could be implicated for sending you there. But if it's another model, I mean, that's his fault. He did a bad thing. You shouldn't have put yourself in that position. You know, it's... It's, it's, it's like... There's very little, but like no one really talks about this, so kind of like this. So it's Um, just you know some things you have to hear. There's there's an organization. This is a resource that I didn't mention because I have never needed to use it. But there's an organization. I think it's based out of New York called the Model Alliance. If you need legal help as a freelancer who does not have anyone that has their back, who has an agency that is hurting them, the Model Alliance has been pushing for legal um, protections for models and freelancers. They have help that can help you. I haven't overly looked into them because, again, this isn't something I've personally ran into. Again, I'm not that high up the scale where this is a huge problem for me. But it is a resource that is very important to remember. I'm pretty sure there are other groups, but that is the only one that I can remember the name of off the top of my head. But they are fantastic. They also are very up to date if you follow them on social media and you want to see what's going on in the industry and where you might need to be concerned. They are a fantastic resource for your actual safety. Maybe you won't get jobs through them, but maybe you'll be able it's to good sue. To know. Yeah, you can sue someone who hurts you. And that's honestly way more important. Yes, I agree. Um, I just feel like I've learned so much, even though I knew a lot of this, and I'm sure people listening really got like a raw kind of point of view of some of the things that not many people talk about it's not glam and it's not talked about but it is necessary for people to hear about and you know it's been amazing talking to you and learning about all of this and just for everyone listening I will be linking all of her socials um in the description so thank you so much thank you it was actually a really good conversation and I hope that this was able to help someone or you know give at least a little more information a little more insight I'm sure it was. And thank you to everyone listening. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to hear us talk to someone, send us an email. You know, we always love to hear from you guys. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs>